0: If you can't tell and you are watching, I am looking rough, but as always, it is me keeping it real. If you are just listening, you can hear that I probably sound um, 20 years older and 20 years further into smoking. <laughs> I don't smoke, but um, I have that sound why, and why is this podcast coming out a little late today? Because I have been down and out with a horrific, horrific flu. For the last three days or so, the first two days I was in bed, um, just sleeping and having fevers. The highest I got was 102, something like that. It was awful. I have never felt so sick in my life. So here I am. Um, I'm not answering a listener question today, but more of a thought, expounding on a thought that I had that, um. You know, part of the point of therapy and why therapy seems to help so much is it doesn't necessarily get rid of or remove um, struggles or complications that we have in our lives, right? But there is a lot of value in unraveling and understanding the reasons why we feel what we feel and why we do what we do. And as I have gotten older and I have wondered, what is it about this journey um, of being the mother of autistic children, that what are the barriers getting in our way? What would make it easier? What would provide more support? What makes it more tricky and more complicated? What, what do I wish um, was more available? And here is one of the things that I have pulled apart that has really helped me as far as articulating um, the emotions behind my experience parents of autistic children and also children that have more specific needs, more um, may, perhaps they're medically complex children, for example, um, we cannot just get a babysitter. We cannot simply send them to school. Um, as far as handing over our role as caregiver and provider, even momentarily, um, even to go to the grocery store, even to, I don't know, go on maybe something longer and more luxurious, a vacation, a week weekend vacation, a, an anniversary getaway, um, an evening dinner thing with the spouse. That doesn't happen. Um, now perhaps you happen to have grandparents, meaning your own parents that are still living, who are in the area locally, who happen to be in a really good groove with y'all as far as what your child needs, and they're able to administer that to a level that you're comfortable with. Um, but to be fair, that's not necessarily the fault of the grandparent, that they don't understand um, how to support medically complex children or children that have different disabilities now hopefully because of the love and relationship that they have and who they are talking about they're willing to learn and try their best right but that doesn't mean that it, that every person who has good intentions is going to then become um someone who has a level of experience and um can behave like a therapist with a child. So what ends up happening is the parent is the one who is with the child constantly. Now, um, I want you to consider as the parent of neurotypical children, what it's like to get a babysitter. Um, you may find a teenager, perhaps in a church group that you attend, um, perhaps a neighbor who lives nearby Perhaps your 12 or 13-year-old child um, is now mature maturity-wise at a place where they can look after the younger children. Um, that is a pretty typical option that I observe. Um, maybe you have a neighbor that you do a sort of swap with the kids, you know, you take the kids while I go do this and I'll take the kids while you go to the grocery store kind of a thing. Um, Maybe, you know, you can pay a nanny to come and to watch the kids, you know, once or twice every week while you and dad have a date thing, while you work from home, while you, you know, are in the office, while you do your, um, self-building, self-fulfilling hobby kinds of things and interests, <clears throat> um, now when it comes to childcare, we as parents of children that have more specified needs need more highly qualified individuals looking after our children. So not only are they harder to find, you're lucky if you can find them. Um, once you find them, they are more expensive because they're more qualified. They have more training. They have more experience and those are the people we need but again they're more expensive so a lot of people can't afford the kind of care that they need for their children it's just not something that they can afford so it becomes a luxury for only people who can afford it. Now if you parent neurotypical children I want you to consider what that would be like to never go on vacation without your children never 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 to Never go to the grocery store without your children. To spend every evening sleeping through the night knowing that your children are there. To um, not have any alone time with your spouse or your partner. If you are not married, to not really have time to seek out those other relationships independently that it will always be in the presence or including your child, or perhaps you are at home looking through internet, you know, sort of dating sites. And again, it's always still in the presence of your child. Sorry, I have an eyelash on my eye, so I'm feeling it. Um, Sometimes I am caught off guard by what that would be like. Um, And how simple that seems. like that, that kind of blows my mind because I've never experienced that with any of my children being able to just say like, oh yeah, they're fine. Or yeah, they might cry for a bit, but then they're fine. Um, we have to find people again that are more highly skilled and luckily we are in a position where maybe once a month we can afford and we have found one person in this area who is more highly qualified, who um, has worked with children with disabilities and specifically who are autistic and she is comfortable with that kind of behavior. Now, is she more expensive? Yes, as she should be. Again, she's more qualified and she deserves that kind of pay. But that also means that we can afford that one-on-one time maybe once a month. Um, Now, consider also when we are in the home, I don't really have time away from my child apart from when they're at school. So, On the weekends, it's all day, um, and we have a lot of fun. Um, But what I have noticed with neurotypical children is that often they'll just like play on their own. They'll go do something else. They'll go um, watch a movie. They'll go play a video game. They'll go, um, I don't know, grab a snack or something. Um, And every autistic child is different. So this is just the experience that I have with mine. Um, And perhaps this may be your experience as well my child um often requires my constant attention um whether it's the desire for companionship he just wants someone to be near him and to be around him which is a very sweet and a uh, lovely experience he um wants someone to play with him he wants someone to see the things that he's doing to say wow i can't believe that that's so great good job um Now, would it be appropriate for me to draw some boundaries there and say, hey, I see that, I love that, I need a break, right? Absolutely. Um, But when I do present that, it turns into a a battle of sorts. So I'm trying to be better at that, but that's very difficult in our family. But in other words, one of the adults is almost always with my youngest child. Um, Like I said, whether that's playing with or um, helping to bathe or, um, getting food for, or, you know, entertaining in some sort. Um, there just isn't a lot of breaks. So things like housework, um, have to be done while he is busy, um, while he happens to have be occupied with something, which is very rare. And so by the time we finally have any time for us, um, You know where my youngest son happens to be doing something independently. My husband and I are Having to fold laundry or do something else Um, and again That's not to say woe is me in our lives. That's to help articulate um, Something that is stressful for us to experience and what is helpful for us to name and to make peace with and unravel a bit and um, I don't know why it took me my oldest son is 12 I don't know why it took me so long for me to sort of put my finger on that and and articulate that difference between our families and neurotypical families um, neurotypical and you know health wise typical families um where respite care is just a much more complicated thing to do. You can't just hire somebody. You can't just hire a nanny. You can't just hire somebody from your church group, the person down the street. You can't just count on your older sibling to be able to watch the younger kids. It's just not it's just not something that's in the cards. Um, and so the constant care is your responsibility and it's one that we asked for absolutely and it's one that has brought us so much joy and compassion and understanding for other people and has um, connected us to every other member of the human race I think we all connect through struggle that we all can look at each other and say, I don't judge you because I know you have a hard time sometimes just like I do. And I wouldn't dare judge somebody in my shoes. So I won't dare judge you. Um, again, I know that was kind of an off topic, um, podcast episode today, and I know it was quite short, but I know that there are some people that probably need to have that articulated for them, even if they were thinking it themselves, but couldn't quite Grasp it. There's something about that that is so fulfilling and validating and helps something that is big and scary feel less scary. Um, I hope there are people in your area. I will tell you that for maybe once a month, once every other month, that it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it to save your money and to find somebody um, who can do that. There are options for qualified respite care in different areas. Um, my only concern that I've had with that is that that they're group respite care offerings where up to 30 kids can be, um, admitted for this, you know, evening of respite care where mom and dad can go do something else. Um, my concern is how that would be for my kid. I see a lot of potential for issues in that situation. Anyway, there are those kinds of programs available locally within your community. Usually, um, I would also look for, Substitute teachers um, who are looking for extra money on the weekends. Um, Student teachers, if you happen to live in a college area, look for student teachers who, you know, have their own transportation, who perhaps are studying special education. Um, It would be invaluable for them to be able to come and work directly with your kids um, to give them some real hands-on experience. Um, Those are all Obviously, vet them, get get um, references. You don't want strangers just coming into your house, you know. Um, and again, none of this is to say that we wouldn't wish to have this life. Um, but acknowledging the struggle does not diminish the joys that are involved. There is wonderful and really challenging um, moments throughout all of our journeys and all of our lives and I am highlighting the ones in ours. So I hope this was clarifying and settling and a bit of an aha moment for some of you all. Um, I imagine this may be a good one to send off to somebody to say, this is what I have been thinking about. This is what I was trying to articulate. This is something that, you know, was kind of caught in the back of my mind and I couldn't quite put words to it um, maybe someone you want to give a hint. (laughs) Uh, Um, I know that I want my podcast to be that sometimes something that you can show maybe grandma or something and be like, Hey, check out this episode. What do you think of the message? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, hopefully by Wednesday, I will be more up and going. The podcast will be out on time. I fingers crossed. We'll see. I can't promise anything because, Ooh, that flu took me out.